Hey everybody, in today's episode, Nate Scott from CCLI joins Matt to talk about how to legally lead worship and make sure that you have all of the proper licenses and are doing all of the reporting that you need to do, whether you're using tracks or streaming your worship services online to make sure your church is covered. Hope you find this helpful. Enjoy. What's up everybody and welcome to this week's edition of Loop Live. My name is Matt McCoy. I'm the founder of loopcommunity.com. I'm also the host of the Loop Live show. And today we have a great guest, Nate Scott from CCLI. I'm sure you've heard of CCLI before. Maybe in a worship service, you've seen at the bottom of a slide or a printout or on a chord chart, CCLI number 5473297. And um, you probably are familiar with CCLI, and, but you might have some questions like, what CCLI license do we need at our church? or what are streaming licenses, or what is this whole thing about reporting? Just what does it all mean? And so we're gonna get our questions answered today from Nate Scott, and uh, really looking forward to this conversation. If you have any questions at all, you can type them into the comment box if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. Type them into the comment box. We might take some live questions, we'll see. Uh, but hit like, hit subscribe, and let's bring in Nate Scott. Hello, Nate. Hey, Matt. Good to see you. Thanks for thanks for joining us today on the show. Absolutely. So you've been with CCLI for how long? Seven years. All right. So you have some experience here with the CCLI licenses and what churches need to actually finally pull this the last off. couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, started to get it figured out. Yeah, uh, it takes a while. It's funny, you know, stuff. the title of this show or the title of this segment: How to Legally Lead Worship. <laughs> which kind of sound like it's it's almost a scary thing because it's like oh my gosh have I been leading worship this whole time illegally and um, I guess what we're wanting to talk about is you know what does a church need to sing songs in church because I think a lot of churches you know they might think well you know I thought church I thought it's just free or it's just it's you can just sing whatever songs you want you don't have to do any sort of license and or your church exempt is kind of the the phrase yeah. that's thrown out a lot. Well, first of all, let's answer that. What does it mean when a church says, are we exempt from copyright? What, is that, what does that yeah. mean when someone says that? There is a section in the U.S. copyright law, section 110, I believe, uh, that talks through activities in religious services that are exempt from copyright protection, we'll say. Because okay. just before that, in copyright law, it talks about music creators and maybe maybe artists, um, sculptors, whatever, you know, folks who create content, the types of protections that they have when yeah. they create something. And in our world, we're, we're most likely talking about a song. Um, and there's certain protections that you have when you write something or create it. Well, churches in the course of services are able to perform copyrighted songs. The band can play that song. Uh, you could play an audio recording of a song, and that activity is exempt if it's in the course of services. That's It's commonly referred to as the religious services exemption. Um, there's another part in there where it talks about displaying a work in course of services. We would immediately think displaying lyrics, but... Um, there's a difference between displaying something and making a reproduction or a copy of that thing in order to display. And typically, if we're 
displaying lyrics, we probably made a copy of those lyrics by typing those lyrics into PowerPoint or Presenter or whatever application we're using to display them. If you do that, if you type them in or you do a, the old control C and then control V from somewhere, that is a reproduction that is not exempt. It's just mm -hmm. the activity of displaying the work that is exempt. So churches get stuck on, well, churches, we're, we're, we're completely exempt from copyright because we're a church. Well, if it's in the course of services and all you're doing is singing the song and you're displaying lyrics, but you didn't have to copy them to get them there. Maybe you purchased a transparency that already had the words fixed to it. And, you know, it was a legal purchase. Yeah. Th then you'd be covered. But um, anyway, well, that's, that's that, very interesting. I, I know I got deep into the details there, but that's just the general idea. It's limited scope that is exempt. Yeah. And there's so much that's happening in church um, worship services that are outside of those two things that uh, most likely licensing is needed in some form. Okay, fascinating. So let's just say, let's pretend I'm at a church where we don't project any lyrics and we don't print out any chord charts or we don't print out any sort of like lyric sheet. Mm -hmm. Everything's by memory. Do we have yep. to get any licensing for that? Nope. Okay. You're good. So you could play any song you want in your church service. So really mm -hmm. the licenses, when we're talking about CCI licenses, we're talking about covering things like, like what are some of the activities that in worship yeah. services so, that require licensing? So the first one that comes to mind is making copies. It used to be that you would print out um, at home church that we did a long time ago that next thing we were know, we were in a, a city hall. We were printing out uh, transparencies with the old jet printer or whatever yeah. at home. I remember that. And, um, and then we would put those lyrics on the projector, overhead projector yeah. and project them in services. Um, so that was either a photocopy or a normal print, but a physical print. Okay. Uh, there's lots of photocopying that's taking place to copy chord charts or whatever. Um, but then also digital copies. Maybe it's a PDF that you downloaded from somewhere and you shared it with your team. You just made a digital replication because you shared it with uh, 10 folks on your worship team. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what uh, about like a PDF uh, chord yeah. chart app? You know, you're not yeah. printing it anything. Would, it, it would fall under that that category if you are um, distributing it out. Unless it, you could purchase a chord chart and it says you can share this with five members of your team or make five copies. Well, then you secure the licensing for it. But if it doesn't say that and you basically replicate that chord chart by chord, yeah, chord chart, by uh, making it available to five, 10 folks, whatever the number is, then you made a digital reproduction and that requires copyright protection. So our church copyright license covers physical copies, like a photocopy or printing off on your printer, digital copies, which are more common today if you were to post stuff to a planning website and then it got shared with the band um, or you sent it via email. Um, it also covers making translations where one doesn't exist. So if you had a Korean service at your church and you wanted to sing the Lion and the Lamb and there wasn't a published version of that translation you want to use, you could make a translation just for your church to use. You can't distribute it outside of the church, but it's for your church to use and that's covered under the church copyright license. And then recording services. That's the fourth right is um, making recordings. This is really common 
before podcasting came into play. Uh, it was cassette tapes and then yeah. CDs and still happening today. Uh, you could do DVDs for that matter, but it's for up to 15% of your congregation size that you could create um, copies of the service to share out and then the church can recoup the cost of just creating that CD. You can't sell it for 20 bucks, I think, but I can't remember exactly what the limit is, but it's just so that you're not losing money um, buying CDs and, and making the copies for your church congregation. So those are the four rights. Um, uh, one more I do need to mention, making custom arrangements is also allowable under the church copyright license. We come in contact with many worship leaders that just say, I create my own chord charts because I can't find one that's absolutely perfect. And the license allows you to create a custom arrangement if one doesn't exist um, publicly that matches your need or is, isn't exactly what you're looking for. Um, I'm probably making that a little bit too too broad, but no, there, there is uh, the ability to create custom arrangements and then you report that and that ensures that the publisher is compensated for it. But with custom arrangements and translations, you don't own the rights to those. Your yeah. church can use them for your services, but those translations and arrangements can't go outside the church walls, basically. Um, it's just for aiding your congregation's worship services. So that was a lot of time on the church copyright license, but it has the most moving parts. Yeah. Um, and are those want all me to talk things, about some other licenses? Are those all things that are not covered by the uh, copyright law, church exemption? Yeah, yeah. Re recording a service, like it, you're not allowed to do that. Recording is... Uh, is Because it's uh, a reproduction. You're... Yeah. Broadcasting Reproduction is the key one. It, the rights that a content creator gets, like when you write a song, you control reproduction. So making copies of that work. You have the exclusive right to create derivative works. So master recordings, uh, translations, arrangements. Um, let's see, you, you have the right to distribution. Someone can't just start selling your composition. You have mm -hmm. to authorize that or license that. And um, performance is another one. Got it. Initially, only you have that right, but the religious service exemption allows in church services. So I already know the answer to this, but I just want to ask because I think that there's some people who might wonder, like, is CCLI a government-related entity? Like, is it's uh, <laughs> you know, because you're like kind of protecting the copyright law in a yeah. way, like. Thankfully, no. Yeah. We uh, we were birthed out of the local church 33 years ago, uh, out of the need for uh, a church to ensure that with this all this activity that was happening uh, with copying content, are we liable to get sued? Uh, and senior pastor asked the worship pastor to uh, to look into this thing, and the result was the first blanket license to churches, the church copyright license, um, where publishers were giving the right to make these sort of copies yeah. um, through a blanket license. So CCLI has been doing this for 33 years, and our our mission is just to empower worship by yep. providing affordable legal content resources and media to the church. And uh, we're, we're not the police. We really try <laughs> not to, um, to come across that way. We just want to equip and point towards resources and reduce 
um, the complexity and the confusion related to something like this that is very complex. Yeah. Copyright, it's, uh, it's confusing. So we want to help make it easier. What are some of the other licenses you have? So I know there's something with video. Like, is that yep. for like if a pastor wants to show a video clip? Yep. We have the church video license, which allows churches to show video clips or full movies uh, in services or for special events outside. There is a list of authorized movies or uh, TV shows that you'd have to reference if you had that sort of a li license. But if a pastor, especially of a larger church, is showing video clips, uh, like as a sermon illustration, most likely they have a church video license, CVLI license to allow them to do that. I remember in the early 2000s, showing video clips and sermons was so popular. Like I feel like yeah. every sermon, you needed to have like some sort of video clip example. Because I remember I worked at a church at the time and I was in charge of actually making the video clip. Um, uh, yeah. I don't remember if we even had a video license. I, I mean, it was a small church. I don't think we were doing that. I don't think we even knew it yeah. existed. But um, so what, what other licenses are out there? The big using? one today would be streaming. Yeah. We've had a streaming license for over 10 years, but once COVID hit, uh, so many churches realized uh, we're not going to be able to meet in person. What's this streaming thing? Can we keep services going on? Uh, the basic streaming license allows churches to post their services, whether it's live or after the fact, to podcast websites or podcast services. But today, more likely third-party websites such as Facebook and YouTube, as well as their church website. Uh, the basic streaming website just allows for your band's live performance of those songs. It doesn't cover master recordings, you know, the popular recordings from artists that we would recognize. The, the basic license doesn't allow that. It allows your band to, to perform it and then for you to capture that and place it on these different websites. Um, this year we launched the Streaming Plus license that does grant the rights for including master recordings such as multi-tracks, master tracks, stems, all the different terms and lingo that I'm not necessarily familiar, familiar with, but you are, Matt. Um, yeah. But those, uh, those types of recordings can now be included in streams as well. That's awesome. So if a church pivoted and started putting all their services on live streams. Now they would need to have the, um, what's it called? What's the license called? So the church streaming license okay. is, would be the basic one. Um, but if they're including content that they're sourcing from Loop Community, they would need streaming plus. Okay. And that allows you to actually have the tracks streamed. Mm -hmm. Now, what would you say are the pros and cons of posting services on YouTube? Because I know there have yeah. been issues too of like maybe YouTube taking videos down or. Yep. There's uh, in the world that we're in, if you post something to YouTube, it feels like, well, that's mine. <laughs> I own it. Yeah. But worship services, we're performing other people's songs that they have yeah. the rights to. And we might be playing an audio recording that we don't technically own the rights to. You may own the recording if you purchased it, but the rights to stream it, you didn't acquire when you purchased it. So we run into challenges on YouTube and Facebook 
but let's just talk about YouTube. Uh, when we post videos, whether live or you know on demand after the fact, yeah. uh, because they have algorithms that will jump in and identify um, the underlying composition of the master recording, and then they ensure that the true owner of those underlying works are compensated for that activity. Right. And there are some artists out there um, or publishers that have not approved of their works being placed on YouTube. And so they have the right to block your video from showing up or muting the audio in that section because they control the rights. They control the rights for distribution and recording of their works. But um, the streaming and streaming plus licenses do generally allow those rights. It, it's authorized, but there are cases where um, a publisher or label mm -hmm. may mute it, or more commonly today, churches will claim that they own those works and monetize those videos. And that's a that's a no no. If you go into the terms of our streaming agreement and streaming plus, it clearly states that um, license holders are not able to monetize these videos, um, and further, they're not able to block monetization. Yeah by the label or the publisher. And that was one of the concessions or the yeah. ways we were able to make this work because everybody wants to post their services to YouTube. It's easily accessible, it's ubiquitous, but um, the, the key is the publishers for their works being out there, if there is revenue that's generated, mm -hmm. um, they're able to capture that. So if I have a church streaming license and I post something mm -hmm. on YouTube, can the publisher or the record label monetize my video if I'm? Yes. Okay. Yep. So, but and there's maybe systems some behind that the scenes. Is, is that like a double dipped scenario where they're getting money from the, the streaming license some and would they're say, monetizing the video? I mean, there if if the church, um, if they report their activity, um, then theoretically, yeah, the publisher could be double dipping in that case. Um, but it's right; it's their content. It's right. their content, yeah, yeah. and, and they're making it available it. out there. They're they're allowing um, your amazing performance yeah. of their song to be yeah. posted in perpetuity on a distribution platform. I mean, there's, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, but sense. you do have the opportunity to post it to your church website where we don't run into these things. And so we encourage churches if they're running into challenges where their videos are being blocked. Or, or muted, and you'll find some of that more commonly on Facebook because Facebook isn't a music platform. Today it at least isn't, so there isn't a mechanism for monetizing. Yeah. Um, but on YouTube, it, yeah, it, it, there's just unique issues yeah. that you'll run into on both. There's, but most churches have figured out how to make it work, yeah. and here are the do's and don'ts, yeah. and they're very successful. Yeah. Uh, posting their services on a regular basis on YouTube and their congregants benefit, everybody benefits. Um, one, one quick thing just to throw in, I think that the most common issue we run into is once a, um, a link or a match has been made between YouTube system where it identifies, we know what song this is, or we know the master recording, it will send an automated email to the, it would be the church to say, we've identified a match. 
and it says in the text, nothing to worry about, um, nothing, nothing to be concerned with, but now it will be monetized on the publisher or the rights owner's behalf. Yeah. And it gives an option to dispute that uh -huh. match. And once a church disputes it because they think that they own the copyrighted work, that causes a cascading you know, set of issues. And yeah. then the publisher gets involved yeah. and it's, so, so we just encourage click the dispute button. <laughs> you're gonna receive that email, you, you can ignore it. It's just saying a match yeah. has been made, no need to do anything. And if they allow um, that match to be in place and don't dispute it, everything's fine in most cases. Yeah. And their services get posted on YouTube and everybody wins. Yeah, don't just don't dispute it. If it's not your song. Just don't dispute it. So what, um, Nate, I'm sure you've been asked this question before, but how does YouTube or Facebook know if I have a CCLI streaming license? They don't. Um, they, they may search in the descriptions of the videos. We've found that a best practice okay. um, for churches would be to put your CCLI license number in the description yeah, of good. Facebook video or the YouTube video. There isn't a API on the background in, in the background yeah. that is telling YouTube that there's a license in place. But we've found that churches have very favorable results or better results if they just include their CCLI license number or streaming license number in that description. And this the streaming license number would be the key thing to include there because that that's tied to the license. Oh man, that's such great information. That's awesome. So if you have, and since this is Loop Community, so if you have the Streaming Plus license, you can stream any multi-track purchase from Loop Community. Is there yeah. a way to search to make sure that that, uh, that song is covered by the Streaming Plus license? So you can go to uh, reporting.ccli.com and when you do your your normal church copyright license um, reporting activity. Uh, there's an option below that. It, that first part you're reporting on the composition, the underlying song. And then you have the option to add recordings. And you can check and find the specific recording that you're using and then you know select the quantity. Okay. Uh, you could do a search from that main page um, rather than doing the CCL reporting and, and look for the recording as well. So okay. uh, just go to reporting.ccli.com, yep. search for the recording, or start with the song and, and you'll find the recording. But that would be yeah. the best way. I'm sure it's Okay, coming. That's a good segue into my final question for you. And I want to talk about reporting. So first of all, just explain to me, first of all, what the reporting process looks like. And uh, like, what does a worship leader need to do to report? How often do they have to report? And do yep. you have any tips on how to make that process a little smoother? Yeah. The worship uh, so reporting, first off, is the way that we ensure that content creators are compensated for the use of their works. So it's, it's important to capture as much of the activity as we can that's happening in churches so that there's this equitable exchange, we'll say. Churches in the United States and in Canada report every two and a half years for a six month period. 
Okay. Um, the way that CCLI operates in, in accounting to publishers and other rights owners, it's in six month increments. So a church reports uh, for six months at a time. You receive a reporting reminder before it's your turn to report probably in the month before. And then um, as that period progresses, all activity that's ha happening in your church uh, under the licenses need to be reported. We, uh, we have a mix of ways that folks will do this. Uh, I, I personally yeah. believe keeping up with your reporting as you go throughout the period will help you to ensure that you're logging it and you're not getting backlogged with 26 yeah. weeks. Because how does worship, like, how does worship leader remember what they did for six months? Yeah, how do, how do you know? Uh, there's great tools out there um, for worship planning and um, you know that you can refer to to see, yep, that's right, this is what we did last week. Go ahead and just report that activity quickly after, and then um, it's fresh. Sometimes the reporter isn't the worship leader, and that's where it can also get complicated if you have you know, some volunteer that came in that didn't even attend the service, and they've been tasked with reporting. But um, just try to keep up with it as you go, but you, you can do it anytime during the period and some churches end up doing a bit more catch up towards the end. Okay. And uh, let's see, you report under the church copyright license. There's reporting for Streaming Plus because you have to identify which master recording you used. Um, we also have a rehearse license. I didn't cover that earlier, but it, it allows churches to share master recordings with the band for rehearsal purposes. You can report for that as well, but it's all integrated into one website. And you just want to make sure to track what you're doing, report it, and uh, yep. then we handle it from there. And every church just has to do it every two years. So it's not like two you're constantly years. doing yeah. it. Yeah. Now, um, master recording usage, you, you do report that ongoing. but um, So that's not an every two and a half year thing. We're really trying to move towards um, leveraging data in the background so that we can assist to make reporting easier but that's a long-term thing that we're working on we know that it takes time and effort to do this reporting thing and it's one of the least enjoyed activities yeah, right. uh, for ccli license holders but it is a necessary evil and we're looking to simplify it make it easier and hopefully someday we'll be able to show you here's yep. what you used confirm and and then it just reports that's awesome this has been really helpful nate i appreciate Great. you taking the time thanks for uh giving us a crash course on what licenses we need <laughs> hope so, i didn't confuse anyone no uh, i thought anytime. it was very clear that's good okay great where can people go well i guess they need to go to ccli.com yeah yeah if you go to our website you can select the specific web uh specific programs and get more detail on exactly which activities are covered or not allowed. You can identify which catalogs, um, which labels are covered, um, which ones aren't. So there's just a lot of helpful resources there as well as tips and tricks and um, educational sort of articles under things like Worship Fuel. So What's go to ccli.com and Last question, because it just popped in my head. Well, what's a worship leader supposed to do if they want to do a song, but they find that it's not covered under CCLI license? Yeah, great question. Uh, 
you're going to want to check if you're going to reproduce or stream it. Um, you know, do some sort of activity that isn't exempt to the religious yeah. services exemption. Connect with the publisher. Just you know, look up the copyright information on the internet. Connect with them, and um, you can work through direct licensing on it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Nate. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for uh, inviting me over. Appreciate yeah. it. I know it was last minute. I appreciate it. Yeah. See you. See ya. All right. Great conversation with Nate Scott over at CCLI. I know that uh, sometimes this stuff can seem really confusing. You know, it seems very like legal and contracts and agreements and it can be confusing for worship leaders of like, what do we actually need to do? And I think that that conversation actually really kind of summed it up pretty simply. And, uh, I know the process over at CCLI is very easy. You just go to CCLI.com and you can kind of see, you know, based on the size of your church and the different things you're doing, you can just kind of walk through and uh, find what licenses you need. And then also the big thing is, um, you know, for years we had people asking us, how do we use your multi-tracks on YouTube and Facebook? And uh, there wasn't really a way um, without getting, you know, having the videos taken down. It was just kind of a mess. And so now... With the CCLI Streaming Plus license, you can now stream all of the tracks that you purchase from Loop Community. So you can actually use those tracks in your worship service and put them on a live stream on YouTube or Facebook. And so that's a huge, huge deal, especially now that so many churches are online with COVID. So make sure that if you are using multi-tracks um, and tracks you purchase from us, if you are using those and you're streaming your services to YouTube, Facebook, make sure that you have the CCLI Streaming Plus license. You can check that out at ccli.com. It's a very, very simple process. And uh, you just definitely wanna make sure you're covered. Um, that's not something you wanna, um, you don't wanna put your church in a situation that uh, is not favorable, that's for sure. So anyways, make sure you check that out. And uh, thanks for joining us on this Loop Live show. Thank you to Nate. And uh, if you guys have any questions at all, type them into the comment box below. Also. Type into the comment box below what's one thing that you thought was really interesting about this discussion. Anything that you were you thought um, you know really stuck out to you. Type into the comment box below if you have not already. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Share this with any worship leaders you think would be helpful. And we'll see you next time on Loop Live. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt McCoy. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Hey, it means so much to us when you let us know what you thought. Write down in the comments what you learned from this episode, anything else that you found encouraging from this episode. Glad you guys are listening to the podcast. Hope to provide to you a lot of helpful content as you lead worship. See you soon.